Welcome to Chapter 3 of HealthSystemCIO.com's interview with Patty Lavely, CIO at Gwinnett Health System. In this segment, Lavely talks about what she learned about herself during her time in consulting, how she is working to build trust among her staff, and the skill set that's absolutely critical for today's leaders. One of the things I did discover while consulting is I still like the leadership positions. I really enjoyed going in as an interim leader, and uh, and I did some other consulting that I that wasn't that was more project based and and that wasn't as appealing to me. So, yeah. uh, one of the nice things about being a consultant that is different from when you're an employed CIO, however, is. Uh, which was quite a, an awakening for me. Um, when you're employed, there's a lot of obligations that you have as an executive of the organization or as part of the management team that take a lot of time. You know, whether that be management team meetings, whether that be mandatory education, you know, and social events. There's just there's a lot of different things that you have to do. And yeah. um, when you're an interim leader, you don't have to do any of that. You just go in and get the job done. And I, I found that very rewarding. Yeah. And it really sort of clears away all of the corporate, I, I want to say busy work, and I don't mean to minimize it because it's really all necessary, but most of it doesn't contribute to the work at hand. It's in addition to. And so, I. As a, you know, it really helped me sort of to take a look at where I spend my time and what I prioritize. The other thing that became very clear to me is corporate organizations, Gwinnett, all of them I've been a part of, have this bureaucracy that you work within. It's pretty much the same, although there's nuances to each organization. You know, whether it be, you know, your board committee structure, your management committee structure, you know, how you get approvals, how you do budgets, all that stuff. Um, and when you're a consultant, you don't really have to, I mean, that's all there. It's happening in the background, but you don't really have to deal with it. And what I found when I was consulting is when I was an employed CIO, I sort of hid behind that, if that makes sense. I used it as my demand management strategy. And um, <clears throat> and when you don't have that anymore, and whoever your um, executive sponsor is says, you know, we need you to do X, Y, and Z, you just need to do it. You need to clear, you need to help clear the way and you need to get it done. You can't use, you know, the layers of bureaucracy, really, because someone has already cleared the way for you. You just need to get it done. And so mm -hmm. it really helped me to see how, without even realizing it, that I had built that stuff in, yeah. you know, as sort of my guardrails for demand management. Well, it's not budgeted or, you know, we have to go through the finance committee or, and, you know, it, in today's world, when something has to go to the board, that's a easy month delay before I need to make a decision or act on it. It's right. almost like I can just put it out of my mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> And so it, it as a consultant you don't have any of that. You're yeah. you're just there, you have something to do, you have to get it done. As an interim CIO you do work within some of it, but not nearly uh as the same when you're employed. 
and uh, depend and it really depends on the scope of your interim role but um yeah so i I found that very um enlightening for me, and it really I brought that into my role here at Gwinnett and and I really look at how I do things and I, I don't want to use bureaucracy for demand management strategy. You know, I'd rather get back to this idea that, yes, we have a budget, yes, we have processes, but we need to be doing what's right for the organization in a timely manner. Right. And so um, it, it just sort of helped me get back to that um, way of operating. You know, it was really quite eye-opening. Oh, I'm sure. And I mean, did you have some some hesitation about going back to that that full time CIO role? I did. Yeah, (laughs) sure. I did. Yes, because there's some freedom to not being bound to all of that. And there's there's um, in some cases it depends on the the role. You know, I I spent a lot of time on relationship management, Mm -hmm. a lot of time, uh, which is not one of my comfort areas. By the way, I'm a a little bit of I'm an introvert. Um, I'm not 100% introvert, but I'm far enough across the line that that doesn't come naturally to me as right. as it does to others. And so um, that was, you know, another sort of aha moment with the interim role, depending on the scenario. Sometimes you don't have to be terribly concerned about that. Yeah. Um, in one engagement I had, I was there for a while, and I did have to – I had to um, – I had to work on relationship management. Uh, the, it's funny because my executive sponsor didn't think so because, you know, you're here to get this done, just get it done. And what I realized is I need to back up and develop some relationships because the people here need to help me get this done. Yeah. They're actually the ones doing it. And so, um, you know, I ended up having to do it, but not nearly, you know, like I do here today. Um, right. So it's, you know, it was definitely an eye-opener. And, I you know, I think all of those lessons really, I think, make me a better CIO today. I, I'm, I'm very glad I had the opportunity. And the other nice thing is I know I can do it. If I, if I need to go back, I could. And, you know, I'd probably do some things a little differently, but um, I definitely could go back. And our roles are so volatile at times that it's nice to know that that's out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And now when you got into, when you started the role at Gwinnett, did you find there were, it was something you definitely approached differently than, than previous CIO roles, just as far as things like the, building those relationships, like you had a kind of a different strategy this time around? I did. I, I immediately put things in place to build the, you know, I want to say personal relationships because that's really what they are. And yeah. um, and I, one of the areas that, I, quite honestly, that I've struggled with in the past is my relationship with the chief nurse of the organization. So that was one of the first things I addressed when I got here. And actually, through the interview process, when I met her, I realized it wasn't going to be a problem, and that yeah. we, you know, we hit it off really well in the interview process. And um, but I still wanted to take care of that and not allow it to not be, I guess, nurtured. If I think that's probably the word I'm looking for. Um, and, you know, not sort of leave it to chance. So I immediately set up, 
you know, monthly lunch meetings with the CNOs so that I could make sure that we always had that scheduled time. You know, we obviously meet in a lot of different committee meetings and, and things like that. And um, But I, I did definitely want to make sure that I was developing that relationship because that has been a problem for me in the past. And, and I had the opportunity a couple of years ago to sit on a um, CHIME uh, AON Association of Nursing Executives, I believe is the what the acronym stands for. And a, so it was a CIO-CNO work group where the two organizations came together to write a white paper on that relationship. And was very happy to know that I'm not the only one that struggles with that. Yeah. Um, sure. And it's just the, our roles and, and, you know, our responsibilities and how they – you know, may clash at times, and, and our language is so different. And um, so, uh, you know, I learned a lot from that work group that I also applied here, and then, and then I, you know, I think the consulting uh, helped with that a lot as well. And, and you know, the other, the other challenging relationship is that of the medical staff. Yeah. So, I, you know, I try to be very visible, and I, I um, attend as many physician-specific meetings as I can. And, you know, I think the more important thing is I'm very open to people bringing me issues. Um, I I will take it and then assign it to someone, but make sure there's follow-up back regardless of who it is. And uh, rather than to to sort of say, oh, call the help desk or you need to call so-and-so, I sort of facilitate that process, which some days I wish I wouldn't do that quite honestly because it, it can add a lot of to-dos to my list. Right. Um, but what I realize is it, it helps people to learn to trust me yeah. when they think if they give me something, it's going to be handled. And um, <clears throat> and so, and a lot of it's very simple. It just requires an action. And um, so that, you know, that was another technique. And I, I learned that, I think, from consulting. Because when you're in a consulting role, you do that when people bring you issues, you resolve it. You don't have people to go to necessarily. So, you know, I really learned that from the consulting roles. It's really interesting to me um, just seeing how how the CIO role has evolved and how so much of it really does revolve around um, relationship building. And it's funny because that that's really wouldn't probably wouldn't be how people would have described it years ago. And right. so I guess it really makes it necessary to build those skills. Mm-hmm. It does. And I'm a, a member of CHIME and um, I have been participating in um, a CHIME committee on um, CIO professional development and one of the exercises we did is to look at the skills of the future CIO, mm-hmm. which really are not that much different from the necessary skills for today, but it is evolving. And, and um, definitely leadership in terms of being a part of the, the health system or whatever your organization is, leadership team, and knowing the business, not just knowing the technology. And I think that's where the difference is because in years past, we could get away with just knowing the technology. And that's not the case anymore. We have to understand the business. And, you know, I don't think we have to be clinicians, although I have some some uh, colleagues that are, and it serves them well in their role as CIO. And in my succession plan here, um, the 
the person I'm developing to replace me is a nurse, and I think it will serve, you know, it, when and if we get to that, it, she will serve this organization very well, and her clinical background will certainly add to her ability to do that. But in cases like me where I don't have a clinical background, it becomes imperative that I partner with the right people so that I add that clinical influence to my decision-making. And um, the other outstanding characteristic that, that came up in those discussions um, is the ability to innovate. And you would think, oh, well, CIOs, that's what they do. They can innovate. Well, yeah. it's really not that easy, and it, and it requires a lot of, um, I want to say, like team building, but you've got to bring t- people together. You've got to persuade them that this new technology can add value or, you know, whatever it is, and that, you know, you've got to be willing to get in there, try it out, and, and um you know, stop it if it's not working, you know, and and move on. And so it's really a um, – and you got to bring people together. you got to work, you know, help them through it because sometimes innovation isn't easy. And uh, it's – you got to understand the right places in the organization where you can do that. There's a lot of skills that go with that. And, you know, I think one of the most important skills, other than sort of identifying um, innovative technologies that would – be a good fit is um, identifying the right people and building those relationships. So it, it really just keeps coming back to that relationship management. Yeah, yeah, that's really that. That's very interesting. It's it's interesting to see, like you talked about a little bit, like how this role is going to continue to evolve mm-hmm. and, and change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that. You talked about being being somewhat introverted, and I think that that's a, a really common thing and um, a, a focus, I think, of a lot of people to really to, to make the effort to try to, uh, you know, step out, get outside of the box a little bit, get outside of the comfort zone. Yes, yeah, I, I would agree. And I think, you know, if you stereotyped CIOs, kind of like, you know, accountants or CFOs, we're usually not, you know, the brightest personality in the room. <laughs> Uh, in the, in days past, I think that's changing now, um, and I think it will continue to change because it does require a personality to you know to develop those relationships and to bring people together. Yeah. Um, and you know, it, it could be somebody like me who can do it. You know, I have matured in my career and I can do it, but it takes a lot of energy for me to do it. You know, and and I have some of my colleagues that it comes very natural to them, and it's energizing for them to do it. So you see the two different types of personalities. And um, <clears throat> but I I think you're right. I think all of us are coming to the conclusion that we just have to get out there and and get out of our comfort zones. Yeah. All right. Well, this is I've really enjoyed speaking with you. A lot of really great stuff, and I think that uh, our listeners are really going to uh, benefit from this and hearing about the work you're doing at your organization, and then also, you know, that the lessons you've learned along the way. This is this is the stuff that people really appreciate. So, thank you so much. Thank you, and I appreciate all the other podcasts. I listen to them whenever I get a chance, and that is good to hear other people's experience. Oh, it's great. Thanks. You like to hear that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. Um, best of luck with uh, the selection process, and I'd definitely like to catch up with you down the road to see how everything went with that. Great. That sounds good. All right. Well, thank you. Enjoy your day, and I hope to talk to you soon. You too. Bye-bye.
Thanks. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.